Welcome to The Beauty of Horror, a podcast dedicated to exploring the unsettling beauty found within our favorite genre. It's the end of the month, which means it's time that I please our mistress and review a specific film based on three tenets of judgments of taste. Is it good? Is it agreeable? And is it beautiful? I'm your host, Chandler Bullock. Join me as I dissect Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead. You are all going to die tonight. Before I dig into this film, if you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out the short episode I released earlier this week, wherein I explain how this segment will work. More importantly, it also explains the definitions of good, agreeable, and beautiful in philosophical terms. All caught up? Then let us begin. Directed by Fede Alvarez and written by Alvarez and Rodo Sayaguas, Evil Dead is the 2013 remake-slash-reboot-slash-sequel to Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead franchise. The film follows protagonist Mia, played by Jane Levy, as she battles against her heroin addiction with her brother David, played by Shiloh Fernandez, his girlfriend Natalie, played by Elizabeth Blackmore, and David's friends Eric, played by Lou Taylor Pucci, and Olivia, played by Jessica Lucas. The group go to Mia and David's old family holiday cabin to help Mia overcome her withdrawals without the temptations of the city around her. As soon as they arrive, they notice how the cabin has seen better days. Not only is it a bit worn down and dusty, it looks as if someone recently broke in and vandalized the place. These suspicions are confirmed when they inspect the basement through the trap door in the living room. They find dead cats hanging along the ceilings of the basement, along with signs of a fire and what appears to be an ancient tome bound in human leather. Soon they are all trying to pass the time while Mia works through her withdrawals. Unfortunately, Eric is drawn to the old book. He tries to translate it, but the script is in a language he doesn't recognize. Eventually, he finds handwritten notes in Roman script, meaning the same alphabet used in English. He reads out the text to sound it out phonetically, which, unfortunately for everyone staying in that cabin, kicks off an ancient ritual to harvest souls as a means to literally bring hell on earth. So, let's start with our very first question here. Is Evil Dead good? Based on the craftsmanship that we see in the film, I would say so, but I think that's a very short answer, so I'm going to give you a little bit more as to why I think it's a very good film. I want to really highlight Fede Alvarez's directing in this film. There are other elements, of course, that really make it a very strong film, but Alvarez's eye is quite incredible for this film. A lot of films these days, especially bigger budget, franchise-based films, you know, take the MCU for example, these films tend to be criticized for lacking a unique visual style. 
most of the time we get a very homogenized look to films. Everything needs to fit within the same universe. Everything needs to appear and be understood as what it is. But this is a film that highlights exactly what people are concerned about. It's highlighting what it means to have a unique, singular vision in the film. Fede Alvarez has taken what Sam Raimi has created and has put his own spin on things. He put a very strong visual language. From the first shot on, you can see this is a completely different beast. It's a completely different thing. It's doing its own thing. But as you can see throughout the narrative, it does connect back to Raimi's original stories, but in very subtle ways. You know, this is a cabin that was used before, and they're kind of implying that this situation is just a sort of a cycle. But Alvarez's directing is where that unique vision comes into play the strongest. He has a foreboding atmosphere, a lot of shadows, a lot of mist and fog. He evokes the gothic quite strongly throughout the film. A lot of nods to older films like Black Sunday, anything that you could see from the, the Vincent Price era of filmmaking. It, it's got a lot of that architectural filmmaking to it without having the architecture of the buildings being the same. In this case, it's a really rickety cabin in the woods. But the color palettes as well, they're very earthy, but they have this weird kind of tint to them. Everything feels sick or devoid of saturation, and when things are saturated, they just don't quite feel right. On that level, I think the artistry here is very solid, very good. The acting here has to be highlighted. Jane Levy is a powerhouse in this film. Her performance as Mia is multifaceted. It's such a dynamic range of emotions that we're seeing in this film. It takes so much effort to go through what she's gone through to make this film. They've put her in the rain. They've covered her in blood. They put her through all these prosthetics. She had to wear these contacts. She had to fall into things. She had to run around and get her arms stuck in things. They had to throw all these fake weapons at her. She had to scream the whole time, be cold, have her skin bare. I don't even want to know what sort of accidents probably happened on set. But it, it's an amazing performance that really ties the whole film together. In fact, for me, what makes the film so special is how it circumvents your expectations. We are introduced to Mia as if she is actually a side character who's there to inconvenience her brother, David. And David is our central point. He is our foil. He's the guy who has been estranged from these people. He doesn't really relate to anybody, even though he is blood-related to Mia. He doesn't really remember his friends very much, but he does remember things like Olivia's training as a nurse. It's implied that they had dated in the past, so he remembers all these little details, but they don't really link them together in such a blatant way. But still, we follow David along. When we get to Mia, she's there. She is the catalyst for everything, but she just seems to be this thing that's pulling at David. We do start to focus on Mia more and more and more. They empathize with Mia very well throughout the entire film, but still, she is the one who is possessed first, which is the antithesis of the original Evil Dead franchise. Ash does not get possessed and then pass it to others. Ash is the individual who is looking at all of the stuff falling apart 
And since they're all connected to him, the demons just take out every single person that he loves so that they can attack him psychologically and emotionally and, I, I suppose, spiritually. In this case, it seems like the whole purpose, or at least the process for the demons, is a lot different because they attack the spiritual person first and then they go from there. I love that Mia becomes our protagonist, though, because she goes through so much shit throughout this film that it's so wonderful when she becomes whole again and then starts taking out the big bad there at the end of the film. She's this powerful badass who has literally shrugged off an addiction while being attacked in the worst way throughout this entire process. So if she can deal with this, she can totally deal with her addictions is what's kind of being implied. And it's through Levy's performance that we really see this. And I, I just, this is such a good pairing, Feta Alvarez and Jane Levy. I don't know how they work together. I just know that what they make together is really amazing work. Another element of the film that I think solidifies it as a very good piece of art is the score by Roque Baños. The score is ethereal. It's mystical. It has this very Halloween-y kind of sound to it. So it mixes that spooky kind of Halloween sound while infusing it with more intensity and, and this strange violence to it. You know, there are these sirens that come in to really amplify the situation. So it, it's just a very well-crafted, put-together score. And I think it matches the film pretty well. And it's also a good film as a sequel and as a reboot because although it does its own thing, it still does it in a way that pays homage to what came before. So the Deadites, the demons, the way they behave, they don't really differ too much from those in Sam Raimi's films other than the performances are a little bit more modern. And the approach to it is visually different. But they still say the same ridiculous stuff to you. Uh, they, they, they look very similar. Makeup is a little bit more updated, of course. But we have more stuff to work with nowadays. And even at the time, it was just they didn't have a budget. I think they, if they had a budget with the original movie, we would have also seen better contacts, things like that. So here, all of that is really well done, but even still, as a sequel, there's enough camp thrown in there to kind of keep that slapstick vibe without it going too far into the realms of slapstick. So we're getting away from Army of Darkness, we're coming back to the original The Evil Dead with the tone of this film, but, you know, the language is being used is the same, the way the camera sometimes just kind of zooms in for something dramatic, and Banyos' score as well has a lot of those like, whoop, dun-dun-dun kind of moments to really amplify that but also just highlight the fun of the whole film while still infusing it with something incredibly dark which leads me a bit into don't understand he's not gonna let you leave and he's not gonna stop when he has you I do, he has all of you! Is it agreeable? Agreeable is really hard to talk about beyond myself. So note that this portion is strictly my opinion about whether I enjoy the film and for whatever reason. So the previous comments were all about whether I thought it was good. Was it well made? I think we can talk about that objectively. But the agreeable is, is totally subjective. So if you disagree with me, I would love to hear about it. But just know that 
you're not going to change my opinion on this. This is <laughs> what I enjoy or what I don't enjoy. And for me, I find it a very agreeable film. I was really excited for it from the moment it came out. I was lucky enough to see this at the Imagine Film Festival back when they were doing their big horror marathons uh, all the way into the middle of the night. And this was, I think, the final film they showed somewhere at like 4 o'clock in the morning. The audience was really tired and we ended up just waking up and roaring and cheering throughout this entire film. When I first saw it, it was a bit of a disappointment to me because I had a lot of expectations for it. According to how the trailers were crafted, the sounds of those trailers, everything, it, it just was so different than what they had promoted. Other than the violence and the characters, of course, all of that was 100% what they showed us in the trailers. So it's not as if we got a completely different film. There was just a slight left turn, if you will. It, it zigged when we expected it to zag. And it took me a long time to really accept it for that. I wasn't one of those people who said, oh, it doesn't live up to the original franchise or anything like that. I don't really mind a remake or a reboot if it's something that is just done well. If it's a good movie that seems to have the heart and soul of the original while still being its own thing, I think that's a really cool thing to do. Hell, you could go way out and do something entirely different and just have some sort of small, thin connection to the original, and I would be happy, as long as it's a good movie. This one's a good movie, so I was really into it. I appreciated the way things looked. I love the griminess of it. I love the way the sets are built. I love the attention to the gore and the detail and the groundedness of it all in this really over-the-top situation. I've already mentioned the performances, how much I love those, but the the little details too. Like I loved like the sounds and stuff that Mia's making, these kind of like guttural like kind of noises, you know, she's kind of ticking her throat and sounds like this beast. The music is where it really got me. Banyos' score has really grown on me. I've listened to it a lot, just walking around the city sometimes. But it it was different than what we had in the original trailers. The original trailers had this strong industrial kind of techno kind of sound where they really highlighted the aggression of the film and the, the high-octane energy of the film. And the film actually takes its time quite a bit, which... I'm actually happier with now. Nowadays, I find that a, a far better choice, so I, I really agree with their decision. So, yes, it does agree with me, because I agree with it. <laughs> so I really, really love this movie, and I'm going to say something bold here. You know, people try to steer away from doing that in their main product, but I prefer this film to the originals for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the originals are what gave us this film, so I love and appreciate those films dearly. I just find this movie more agreeable. I find it something that I can more easily watch and enjoy. I like that they had stakes throughout the entire film. I understood the connections of the characters better in this one. I love Mia's journey. And this whole idea that they're actually being taken one by one to do a ritual to bring up a bigger evil I love that. It really made the whole third act not meander as much as it kind of does. I will say the third act, it loses me just a bit because it's been so good up until that point that I just feel that when we get into the real go, 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 we got to bring Mia back to life, pretty much everybody's dead at this point. It just takes its time and goes on a little too long, but 
still what we get are really cool moments, really good action, good horror, and the big finale lives up to what it's been building up this entire time. So for me, it's just a wonderful little package to celebrate the franchise that got us here. And I think it's pretty perfect in that, apart from that third act. That third act, I feel, could use just a little bit of work. But that's just a very tiny nitpick. So, yeah, for me, highly agreeable. I'm very curious to what other people's opinions are on that. And now, of course, that leaves us with... Is it beautiful? This is a film that I struggle to give you an answer for. The whole time I was thinking about it leading up to this episode, I thought, no, it isn't beautiful, but it has moments of beauty. I think I'm on the opposite side of that argument now, actually. Just finished watching the film again. And I'm going to say it's a very beautiful horror film with almost no moments of beauty in it. And I don't mean no images that are beautiful or or nothing beautiful about it, because how could it be beautiful then? I more mean that the individual sequences and imagery and sounds and stuff that are put into this film are intentionally disturbing. They're disgusting. They're terrifying there's a lot of the sublime in this film there's a lot of the grotesque even a lot of all of the topics that i'm going to be discussing this season are in this film the beauty comes in with the cinematography it comes in with the use of the camera it comes in with the knowledge of it being a part of a bigger whole and how it kind of fits within that mold and it comes in with the performances there's a lot of beauty in the film on different levels. It's hard to see sometimes, but that's due to expectation. That's possibly due to taste as well. And it's where you get into that gray area, right? If your taste can get in the way of you seeing the beauty in something, is the beauty actually there or is beauty subjective? It's it's impossible to say. You can't really say that beauty is subjective because there are universally agreed upon beautiful things and i think that this film has them the color palettes the exterior shots the way mia is framed in a lot of shots and the way her eyes are really highlighted the score is beautiful they have model-esque beautiful people in the situation so there's a beauty to all of this I will say, based on what I was talking about with the score during the section on agreeability, that is a very good example of what it means to be disinterested, what you need to do in order to see an aesthetic, to really have an aesthetic experience. I came into the film originally with an expectation. I wanted it to meet my expectation. This expectation led me to not really appreciate what I was seeing for what it is. Rather, I wanted it to be what I wanted it to be. It took me a very long time to get over that, but now that I just watch the film to watch the film, and you know, if you have a bit of time in between every viewing, you can kind of reset your brain and make sure that you just sit down to watch it. When I do that now, I just appreciate it for what it is and see if I enjoy it. And I don't always, by the way. 
it doesn't always agree with me. I have to be in the mood. I have to have it as my palette at that moment. It was this time for sure. So also remember, whether something is agreeable or not is not something that is going to always be the case. It's not set in stone. Your tastes can change, and they can come back, too. So once your taste changes, it doesn't mean that it has to stay different. You know, it, it doesn't have to not be your original thought. Let it happen. Different aesthetic experiences mean that you're having different aesthetic connections as we are engaging in media and engaging in art. In this case, this particular viewing, I found it very agreeable. I always find it quite beautiful. Always, My breath is always taken by a lot of the shots in this film. In particular, the bloodbath scene there at the end of the film. That one always gets me. So in short, yes, it's good. Yes, it's agreeable. I'd say it is beautiful. But I'd like to have you decide. So how can you decide? Just let me know. Please reach out on Twitter at beautyhorrorpod. Or you could email beautyofhorrorpod at gmail.com but that's it for the review I do hope our mistress is pleased with my work and that she will let me continue with the rest of it please help me so until next week when I will talk with Emma Wolf about Mandy I want to thank you for joining me in discussing the beauty found within the horrible goodbye <laughs>